Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us a chance to check out some of the recent guests on JM in the AM. Jordan B. Gorfinkel and Erez Tzadok, who are responsible for the brand-new graphic Passover Haggadah. Uh, they were in studio last week to discuss the brand-new work done with the Koran Publications in Jerusalem. It's an amazing Haggadah, available worldwide, and uh, this was our conversation about it on JM in the AM, on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, you may recall during our visit to our friends at Koran Publishers just a couple of weeks ago in Jerusalem in Israel, one of the many publications that they mentioned is uh, going to be coming out is the Passover Haggadah graphic novel. Jordan B. Gorfinkel and Eris Sadok are responsible for it. And uh, many weeks ago, uh, once we found out Gorf's exact schedule, and he is impossible to keep track of, frankly, uh, we arranged for both of these gentlemen, no April Fool's joke, they're really here, uh, both of these gentlemen to be in studio and discuss the brand new Pesach Haggadah graphic novel. Jordan B. Gorfinkel, Erez Tzadok, Shalom, Boker Tov, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, Erez with that Israeli accent. Very Bo- nice. Boker Or, Boker Or. Jordan B. Gorfinkel, not with the Israeli accent, but nonetheless, good morning to you, sir. Nice to see you, Nachum. Such a pleasure to be on the JM and the AM, I would say, airwaves. You know what? I'm still going to say airwaves. The JM and the AM airwaves. I'm trying to think the last time you were in this studio. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, I recall being a guest host on one of your evening shows on wow. the AM broadcast. Gosh, that goes back a while, huh? Yeah, and I think you were still in Jersey City at the time. My but. gosh. Boy, oh boy, nice to reunite in this manner, sir. But i got to say, the surroundings that we're in the studio right now are as comfortable, if not more comfortable, than ever before. Makes you feel homey, huh? Yeah. You know, it brings me back to Uppsala College. That's all I can say. And you remember those days. I remember those You're days. You're showing your age, Mr. Gorfinkel. No, I'm not showing my age. I'm sounding my age. <laughs> Good boy. I have a face for radio. So I think I think you did a disservice to uh, some of the people out there in the community, and that's how I'm starting. That's my welcome to you. By the way, I was prepared. Done, that you've done a disservice. Um, you've named this the Passover Haggadah graphic novel, and the graphic part, I think, is obvious to everybody. When you're associated with any project, there are going to be amazing graphics accompanying the project. But novel? You've gone ahead, in my opinion. And you have illustrated, along with Erez, of course, illustrated and have brought to life through the most amazing, what I would call pictures, but I know there are obviously many more technical terms for it than that, um, the story of Pesach and the Haggadah. I don't know if I'd call it a novel. You follow. You have followed along to the letter exactly what the Haggadah teaches us, what it, uh, what it says, and what we're required to say on Seder night. So I don't know if novel is the right word. What do you say, Jordan B. Gorfinkel? A graphic novel is the highfalutin term for a comic book. <laughs> so, so you've taken the Haggadah uh, in its r- real, authentic form and have turned it into what most people would call a comic book, but you felt, I guess, it wasn't appropriate to utilize that term in your title, right? Well, I knew you would bust my chops <laughs> when I came in here, so I had to start from a high in order to leave you some place to take me Yes, go ahead. But you get my point about novel. You get my point. Yes, yes. Because novel sounds like you've sort of, I don't know, incorporated elements to this Passover story that we may not be familiar with or might be a little bit off the beaten path compared to a regular Haggadah. And I say just the opposite. You have done such a tremendous justice to the Haggadah 
in this form that I, I think novel may be selling it short. How do you like that? Thank you. The term graphic novel was originated by Will Eisner, and he was one of a long line of Jewish people who conceived of the sequential art form of comics and graphic novels. But the graphic novel Even refers to— Even if we to, use the term novel differently than that. When, yeah, okay, well, but, except that it, it is related, and you make a very good point, as much as you're joking around, and we will continue well, to joke around. Well, semi-joking. Because yeah. it is Adar, after all. Right. By the way, on the drive here, I had the pleasure of explaining to Erez Sadok, our wonderful Israeli artist who's in, for Netanya, in right. from Netanya in Israel— and by the way, he is only here for a very short period of time, and you are the only media that he is doing. This nice. is the only radio show. This is exclusive to the Nachum Siegel Network. So our reputation preceded us, huh? <laughs> Just say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. You were saying. Right. I, mean, but, I, mean, I, mean, I really am only semi-joking. I yeah, think yeah. It, you know. Eris, you want to take it from here? Eris, shalom, bokir tov. All right, tell me what you tell me what you think. I mean, this is really much more authentic than what we as Americans would call a novel, right? Yeah, in the Hebrew edition, we had to deal with the graphic novel. In Hebrew, it's hard to say on this book Roman Graphi. Right. So we decided to give it another uh, different name because people are not familiar with the term graphic novel. What did you call it in Hebrew? Uh, we called it, we, I actually have it here, Hasipura Metsuya. An illustrated right. story. Yeah. Right. Because without Nikudot, Roman Graffi actually looked like Roman Gorfi, right. and people <laughs> thought it was my new nickname. They'd really think it was a joke then. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, that you'd have to, and, and I, I really don't mean to drive you nuts and nitpick, but you have to admit that that title probably tells the story of what you've done here better than the English title. Yeah, right? so I was going to explain before, the graphic novel term came up because... Uh, Will Eisner was the very first comics or cartoon creator who created a story that start to finish within the same volume had the entire story. So up till then, you had comics stories that would be anthologized. Like serialized. Right, serialized. You'd have parts one, two, three, four, five. You would collect them into what in the industry we call a trade paperback or a collection but he was the first one to innovate the idea that you could have a story that begins and ends and exists solely within a novel that is filled with graphics. And I should add, by the way, that the reason that we shy away from using the word comics is because the knee-jerk reaction that most people have, understandably, when they look at this incredible graphic novel illustrated so brilliantly by Eras, is that it's it's well earned. By the way, Ares is going well, to be I'll finish your point. Ares is going to be the next great comic book artist in the world, not just in in and, Judaism. And we'll get to that, yeah. Right. But so so the um, uh, the knee jerk reaction is that comics is for kids. Right. Now this graphic novel is for kids, but I like to say it's for the young and the young at heart as well, because like you said before, what's the central mitzvah mitzvah of Pesach? It's to see yourself as if you are coming out of Egypt right now. Right. What better way to do that than to insert the words right. into pictures, not like an illustrator in an illuminated Haggadah in which the pictures and words are complementary. These are fused together, so they give each other context. Okay. Uh, I, I felt it was important that I bring this up, and now I'm glad I did because uh, you've hit the exact point that I wanted to make sure to illustrate for our Listeners illustrate very good, right? And that is that it, that I mean, I I when I finally opened this up in advance of this interview to see what it's all about, I said to myself, "This is a haggadah that I or really anybody who wants to be more engaged with the story is going to love." It's serious. I know that that again 
sounds funny in light of the fact that it's you know comic form or cartoon form, but it's serious, it's real. Everything is is taken very seriously in terms of both the illustrations and the cap. These are called captions. What are these called? These dialogue. Little, dialogue. That's right. The it. caption boxes are narration, and the dialogue is the spoken word. And let me just touch on that for a second. That was one of the major innovations here. When you have dialogue, the words are being spoken directly by the characters or the historical figures because here we have a mix of both. Mm -hmm. And the fascinating thing is for the first time since some of these major historical figures spoke these words, the words are back in their mouth. So, for example, when you see in the classic story of B'nai Brock with the five rabbis sitting around the table and discussing the uh, this Pesach Seder and Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the Exodus for the liberation, I should say. Forgive me, David Olivestone, our translator, who does not want us to use the word Exodus, the liberation from Egypt. Right. For the first time, you see them saying it, and those words are coming out of their mouths, and it's right. real again. And when that Talmud, that student, comes and says, "Nu Rabosai, Igias Manshal Shacharis," it's time for the morning prayer. That teenager is saying it. And it's real, and it's effective, and it's exciting, and as you said, it's engaging. Now, all of this, I'm telling you, here, here's and the people at Coran are going to love this one. I have, uh, I have a collection because of my age <laughs> and everyone's fascination with Pesach. I have a collection, probably of four large boxes of Haggadot that I have accumulated over the years. For a second there, I thought you were going to say a big collection of comic books, and I was getting very <laughs> excited, and then it just took a left turn. All different Haggadot. I mean, you know, from, from every rabbi that I'm interested in, you know, hearing what they have to say, to every institution that releases a Haggadah in a unique form, and of course, you know what it's like out there in this market. I mean, you've got a lot of, a lot of colleagues out there, to say the least. So I'm saying to myself, I wonder... If this is one that I want to add to my collection, because after all, you know, we've got a million of them. And then as I'm opening it up and reading it and seeing it, I'm saying this is one that I would consider to be one of the most important Haggadot, again, for the reason you just reiterated, that it, it is engaging, that anybody at any age will find this entertaining, engaging. And again, and this is where I started up with you about the word novel, it, it, this is, it, it, there, there are no jokes here. There are no jokes there's no um, uh, inaccuracies. This is the story of Pesach as told by the one who wrote the Haggadah. And I think that that's very important to mention. It's not just an entertaining work and one that looks really entertaining. And by the way, this does follow along the lines of your work in general. People who know Gorf know that you may be a cartoonist and you may be somebody who reaches people through this type of work, but they also know you do some very serious topics in, in you know making sure to do it in a very accurate way. So this really does follow. We don't know errors as well. We know you. This really does follow the formula that you've been doing for the last 30 years. Well, let's use novel in both senses of the word. It's novel in its structure, but it's right. also novel in, as in it's unique. Correct. And I think one of the most exciting parts of this Passover Haggadah graphic novel is that it operates on two levels, like a good Bugs Bunny cartoon, or you'll forgive me, a good Simpsons cartoon. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. For those of you out there... <laughs> now we've woken up the audience. <laughs> yeah, for those of you out there, a Family Guy cartoon, or we could keep going. <laughs> I, can't, but the, I can't see them around the Seder table. <laughs> the idea... Don't get me started. <laughs> exactly. But the, the idea is that you can read it on the surface level and get the basic meaning. But then we also have, you know how in uh, popular culture right now, when you have a video game or you have a movie, they call them Easter eggs. Right. 
forgive me. Mm-hmm. They call them Easter eggs because the idea is you want to find some secret hidden right. meaning or tidbit. Right. So here I like to say we have roasted eggs. Right. <laughs> and the roasted eggs that we're finding are the Perushim and the Agadah and all of the homiletics and all of the interpretations and all of the, uh, the depths and the layers that you have within all of this storytelling within the Passover Haggadah, within the Passover Seder, to truly bring the story to life at whatever level you're at. If you're a Chacham or the Rasha, if you are the, the, uh, the wise or the obstinate or the rebellious child, as we put it in here, or you are the Tam or you're the Sheno Yodeli Shol, this is a Haggadah that will engage everybody at your Seder table from every single background, no matter, uh, and by the way, we should establish it's got the full Hebrew yep. on a bridge. It's got everything. It's got the transliteration. It's a true and it's got the brand new, modern, but completely authoritative translation by David Olivestone, right. whom I touched on before, right. formerly of the OU and famous for having written the NCSY Bencher. Right. And it's from the publisher Koren. I consider them to be the gold standard of Jewish religious texts. So you know that you're coming at it from a point of authenticity and uh, authority. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't tell you this. Koren is the natural partner for you on this. I mean, they, they've given you, I'm sure, the leeway to create this to the degree that you uh, wanted it's, it's to. It's been an unbelievable pleasure and an honor. I, I tell the story often when I was becoming a bar mitzvah in uh, and, and by the way, for those of you out there, you can hear that my accent is all over the map over here. I always say I'm kind of a Jewish mutt. I've been on a book tour for the last eight, ten weeks or so visiting across the country. And the book tour continues now in the New York, New Jersey area for the next week and into Boston and back to Southern California and on and on. So I speak to a variety of different audiences of uh, of Jewish people and, for that matter, universal audiences as well. Right. So I can go Torah SMS. I can go Torah SMS. I can go Torah Demet. We got it. Yeah. I can you, translate you, it for you. Were, you, you were making a point before that. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> before that little. Doesn't matter. What you have for breakfast? About, Nahum. about Corin, you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> when I was a bar mitzvah, right? They, uh, I was handed by my bar mitzvah teacher David Lennon of blessed memory a Koren Humash, right. and he said, "This is what you're going to learn from because it is midactic. It is as exact as you're going to get, and there's no other thing to learn from." I, I don't know if I still have the same one, but certainly we all have our, our Koren, and I've learned how to pronounce it correctly. It's Koren. Wow, so we make a mistake. Yeah, here. Well, it's because it's named after the calligrapher right. who started the company in the 50s, Correct. Koren. Uh, so I don't, we all have our taped together Koren Humash or Sidur or something that we carry around and we treasure. And to be now published by that company that is, is, is the again, the gold standard is really right. quite a kavod. Gorf we know, and he's here. Eris Tadok we're not as familiar with. How'd you meet Eris Tadok? I was invited. Here's the background. I do a Jewish cartoon workshop in summer camps and schools where I teach Parshat HaShavua. Including or places in this area so or it's more in the Midwest? No, all over the place. Okay. All over the place. Um, and I, I, I could give you examples, but visit jewishcartoon.com slash workshop and you'll find more examples. Okay. And the idea is that I teach the rudiments of four-panel humor cartoons like the cartoon I do at jewishcartoon.com. Including how to draw and it? The Jewish Week. And it's not about drawing. It's about storytelling. Got it. So I always say, how many of you here, Nahum, show of hands, can you draw a stick figure? I could do that. Okay. Can you? That's right. Show of hands is not going to work right. on the radio. <laughs> but, but, but I could do that, yeah. Can you write words on a page? Yes. Okay, good. Can you tell me a story like, what did you do yesterday? Afternoon? Not a great storyteller, which is people don't believe that about me, but I could do it, yeah. Okay. 
you are officially a Jew. Oh, sorry, are you Jewish? Yes. Okay, you're officially a Jewish cartoonist. Thank God. I've been inducted by Gorf himself. You Whoa! are. You are indeed. And the reason why is cartoons are not art. They utilize art, and they can aspire to be art, but they're not meant to be something where you stand with a palette in your hand, and you're dipping a brush in your hand, and you are dabbing the paint onto the canvas, and you are standing back by two feet and admiring the fine art. It's not like that. It's comics. The idea is you should enjoy it, you should learn from it, you should be inspired by it, and most of all, it should tell a story. Right, but the nuances that you include in your cartoons, you have to admit, do in fact alter at times the way people perceive what you're writing. So, and so those everybody details can do are this. important, right? Everybody can do this. Even the details, huh? Yes. They can get it. Everybody's got this power. So how'd you meet Eris? So I was doing a Jewish cartoon workshop in a camp called Camp Yavna, which right. is a wonderful camp in New Hampshire. And there was an art instructor there, somebody who said, you know, I think you'd really be a big hit if you went to this um uh, Limud Festival, this Limud sure, Conference, right. which is kind of a teach and learn. Everybody comes to be both a teacher and a, and a student to learn from other people. That takes place as counter-programming in the end of December. They take over a campus right. in Britain, and it's 5,000 people. It's really great. So I was standing in the queue, the dinner queue, or is it the supper queue? Uh, British people out there correct me. And somebody in back of me recognized me as the cartoonist. And he said, you know, have you ever seen the work of uh, Rutu Modan? And I said, I don't know who that is. Oh, wonderful Israeli graphic novelist. You should check it out. So I was going to Israel, or Israel, right afterwards. And I went into a bookstore, and I found her work, and I was blown away. And then when I had conceived of the idea of doing the Passover Haggadah graphic novel, I knew that I wanted an Israeli artist because an Israeli artist is going to draw things, again, this is very important for me, authentically. So if I call, for example, for a picture of B'nai Brak, the Israeli artist can walk outside, turn to the left, and there's modern B'nai Brak, turn to the right and touch the stones of B'nai Brak going back 2,000 years to the time of the Mishnah when they wrote the original text for the Haggadah. Right. So I had the hardest time in the world finding, sourcing a Jewish-Israeli graphic novelist because the comic book industry in Israel, and Erez will talk about this a little more, is not quite mature yet. I mean, it's been a wartime economy for a long time. Comics is not something that was really developed into an industry. So how do I find somebody? For months I look, and finally it hit me. Why don't I just use this modern innovation of Facebook to find somebody who is already working or teaching and who will hopefully introduce me? Rutu Modan replied right away, and she says, Eras, you want Eras. Eras sent his work. I shared it with my fellow Batman editors, and they said, yep, this is the guy. And the next thing you know, three years later, here we are with a Passover Are you Are you considered a, I assume, you're considered a professional graphic artist? Is that how we would call it? Would that I be hope the, so. Would that be the proper term? And what does Gorf mean when he says the comic industry has not yet grown up in Israel? What does that mean? We have comic book artists, pretty good artists, but in general, um, the industry in Israel is not big. You don't have a lot of artists because, comic book artists, because the... the um, the population in Israel is so small. Right. You don't have a. It's so. How does an Israeli get his comic book fix? He reads Batman and stuff that comes out of the uh, United States. Now they do. But in English. In English. Right. In English. When I was young, I read the Israeli comics. This like, a, give me one superhero or it's or. It's not a superhero. What is it? What are, what are some of the characters? It's like, it's like Archie. Ah. But more. Uh, 
sophisticated? <laughs> kind of, you can say. It's, uh... Went to a better high school than, than Riverdale? No. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, we're driving the car. He said, did you know that Riverdale is a real place? <laughs> Well, Jughead's not a real guy, though. <laughs> I don't know far, about as, that. As far as we know. I don't know about that. So, so, so this comic's called Zbang. Uh, Zbang, this is the name of the comics, and the one who created this book is Uri Fink. This is my uh, model, right. and this is how I got to know comics. I didn't right. uh, read any comics before. And this was my first. Before that, it was Disney movies. Right. So your goal would be to really, I assume, either develop or work with someone who could develop a great character for Israelis, right? That would be the goal eventually, right? To develop a, a Barba Abba for, for, <laughs> for adults, right? I would guess. Uh, yes. Um, now I'm looking towards to the American right. market. To... See, that's the problem. Yes. Now we're so it's we're so global that now you say yes. to yourself, I may as well try to pursue these American projects. Yes. That's that's and, not a problem. Well, that's you know incredible. What I mean. Right, but think it, about but what it that sti- means. But it stifles the the effort to do the same thing in Israel. No, no, no. It, I I would you disagree with so? that. Yeah, for a very simple reason. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. There is. Do you have an answer? No, you can continue. I, I was going to say because Israel is still a relatively small um, small economy. So if Ares has the ability, everybody who's in the entertainment business, listen to this. If Ares has the ability to earn a solid living doing international comics, he can then be comfortable and do the occasional Jewish or Israeli project that otherwise would not be sustainable. And develop the characters that that were recommended. So in my career as well, I, I worked as the editor of Batman for the better part of a decade and material of mine has been made into movies and TV shows and games and all all that right. sort of stuff. But I'm able to bring it full circle back to Judaism. Right. And the and this applies to Eras also. During the gestation of this project, and this project was a nonprofit project where we raised the money from very generous sponsors and donors who invested in this, not only financially mm-hmm. but also spiritually. And we'll talk about phase two, our proposed phase two, in a little while. But Are they listed in the Haggadah? Yeah, they are listed in the back. We okay. had wonderful Indiegogo supporters, our crowdfunding so- nice. supporters. And by the way, to all the supporters out there, your Haggadot are getting in the mail, I promise nice. you. Right. We had uh, two continents worth of work to do to get our perks together, but we're getting them in the mail before Pesach. You all have them. We thank you. We're very, very grateful to all of you very nice. for your support. And uh, anyway, so so I have all of this experience working in mainstream entertainment at the highest level with arguably the most important character in all of fiction, the Dark Knight. And I'm able to take yeah, that experience. Too dark for me, but, yeah. It depends. There's a Batman yeah. for every season, but that's a different topic. Yeah, yeah. So we. You know, How's Alfred doing here? Right? He's, doing uh, right? he's got his own ten-part uh, <laughs> TV show coming out soon. So Is he's that doing true? great. Oh yeah, on Epics. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not here to publicize for Warner Brothers. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, see, that's it. Right. Right I'm now. I'm always concerned about right, Alfred. Right he now, Ma- Montes Winegas is laughing. He's going. It's so easy to get Gorf off the topic. <laughs> yes, that <Yeah>. we know. <laughs> anyway, the point is, I'm able to take that experience. Right and apply it towards doing the most difficult thing in the world, which is taking a non-chronological book like the Haggadah, which I liken to be a Wikipedia page or a Spark Notes mm-hmm. or Cliff Notes of Judaism. It's right. got everything. It's got theology. It's got philosophy. It's got rituals. It's got... It's got humor. It's got humor. Thank right. you. I'm glad you brought it back. Right. You said before, it's you know not a joking matter. It's right. not, but it's still, there's a lot of humor. A lot in of Haggadah. irony in there. Right. right. It's got everything that you want right. in something that, that encapsulates 
the wonderful religion of Judaism, the wonderful right. practice of Judaism. And the only way that I was able to enforce a narrative structure on something that is inherently not narrative was because of my experience of doing comics on the highest level internationally. Right. I got that. I got that. Point well taken. Jordan B. Gorfinkel and Eris Sadok are in studio. The book is called The Passover Haggadah Graphic Novel. I cannot recommend it enough. Every family, every home should have at least one. If you want to purchase one for everybody at the Seder, I don't think that Gorf or Eris will object to that at all. Uh, our friends at Koran, of course, um, uh, are publishing it, and uh, and they do amazing work and come up with the most incredible projects. Now, you're going to have to explain to Erez after this show that this is not a, a question that is meant to insult him at all. But based on our background, I must ask, and I'm sure a lot of people out there— I just met you 20 minutes ago. I'm sure a lot of people are curious about this, and that's why I ask those questions that I think people are curious about. Knowing your expertise, we believe— Jordan Gorfinkel could have done this project. Oops, sorry about that. Could have done this project alone, right? We believe because we know your work. Your work's hanging in this studio. We know your work, and we know how great a cartoonist you are. So, could Jordan B. Gorfinkel not have done this project without a partner? It's a two-part answer. Okay. Answer number one is Eras has more talent in his pinky than I have in my entire entire. And body. we just have to believe that, even though we think you're king of the industry. Well, we you have to believe you that. don't have to believe it. Go online right now, and you can go to JewishCartoon.com/slash/Passover, and you can see a preview of this project as we're talking, and you can see just how brilliant Eras is on every possible level. And he a level you cannot reach a level that I cannot reach. Wow. Yeah, not at all. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> well, Eris, if you don't mind, I have a question for you, building off of what Nahum said. What makes you a storyteller on a level that is beyond what you, you've seen me draw? We have been we drew together last night. We had a wonderful Dueling event. Dueling drawers, huh? Yeah, we, we did. And we, we've been signing books, and we've been illustrating in books, and doing superheroes and caricatures and everything else for people. But uh, uh, who was it? Was it my daughter, Ashira, who said? my? Uh, by the way, I... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to get off the air without saying hello, Ashira, Eliana, Noam, Ori, and my wife, Amy, who allowed me the time to be able to go on this Passover Agadah book tour. And go. your family, Eras? Yes, Lena and my daughter, Maitela. I need to be very thankful to them for all the time they gave me to do this. Yeah. So what makes you in a, a true comic book artist and a sequential storyteller? With all honesty, I have to, to admit that Gorf has a lot of patience. And he passed me all his experience from as a former DC editor, and he taught me a lot and made uh, and improved me to be a better artist than I am now, than as I am now. So I'm really thankful to him for his uh, all the all, all of his patience. So Erez was a necessity in this project, in your opinion. Yes, you can't go ahead and do this without him. But if if we complete novices in this whole thing who are always marveling sorry for that reference are always marvel is marvel's good or bad i forget <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're all great oh they're all good okay uh, as we always marvel at your work if if we just right now would see your best and his best would it be obvious to us who's a better illustrator a better drawer or not yes it would be yes so i'm going to ask both of you yeah and by the way i wouldn't put better necessarily it's different it's right. the skill set and Eris's skill set is so has such depth and uh, ability and range 
I do one or two things fairly well. I like to say that in my many years of drawing the uh, uh, JewishCartoon.com feature in the New York Jewish Week and a bunch of other newspapers, and by the way, for those of you out there <laughs> who don't know what a newspaper is, it's when you take the Internet and you print it out and you hand it to people. So there you go, you youngsters out there. So I do one or two things pretty well. Ares does everything well. In the comic book industry, in the graphic novel industry, many times it's like a uh, an assembly line. So you'll have somebody who writes right. and somebody who pencils, who does the temporary drawings, somebody who inks, who adds the permanent uh, uh, depth to the drawings, somebody who colors, somebody who letters. Ares is one of those rare people who can do it all and not only do it well, but he's continuing to grow grow exponentially. And again, check out his artwork. Right. And he also, you, you have a weekly uh, cartoon that you do if people yes. want to enjoy Where his Instagram. work. On Instagram? Yes, it's in English. Just the, follow Eris Zadok? Yes, Eris Zadok, just one Z. Right. And, and it's called? A Bundle of Joya. And it's, it's about? It's about my uh, experience. Uh, funny moments I have with my wife, my daughter, and everyday my, life. Everyday life, nice. and with my dog Joya. Yeah, this is why nice. it's called Bundle of Joya. <laughs> All right. So, because you claim that that he's much better than you are, you're both going to inscribe this book. You have a good pen, uh, Gorf. Yeah. Well, you, we, you travel with a good pen. We, uh, <laughs> you're both going to inscribe this book, and uh, oh, you've already started. We've already okay. started, and we'll see the comparison between the two of you. Oh, okay. Also, tell people how to get the book. How do people get this Agada? Because you know, Gorf, two weeks from Friday night is the Seder. I you know, know that? I know that. So how do people get the Passover Haggadah graphic novel? For three years, I've been eating only matzah, <laughs> waiting for this moment, two weeks from now, and it's finally, finally coming. You're eating and drinking Pesach all year round, huh? It, it, when, when Pesach is over, I'm still working on a Haggadah, and I'm saying, what's the matter? Why is everybody saying, uh, don't, don't, please, don't, don't Why is bother everyone putting me until next year? Right, why are you putting away the dishes? I don't put away my art pen. All right, how do people get the Haggadah? So the Haggadah is available everywhere that Jewish books are sold, and you can get it at Jewish bookstores. And I please I recommend that you support your local Jewish bookstore. Uh, it's a very important community service. You can get it online. It's available through the Koren website, and uh, Haggadahs are us. And, uh, Seriously? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and uh, and search it up, and you will find it. All right, CoranPub.com, right? Am I right? Corinpub. Yes. That, that's that's uh, one of the ways, as, as Gorf said, and of course your local store is amazing. Uh, I'll I'll tell you my favorite page in Agada because if I would ask Erez or uh, I would I would ask Erez because he's the illustrator, but he'll you know he'll give that traditional answer every page. I love every page. You know the whole routine. I don't think, we don't have to go through that. Here's my favorite page of the Haggadah. That's too bad because I was really looking forward to doing that. But hearing him do the whole routine, yeah, <laughs> I like every page. I, you know, it's right, like, I can't do, do, you have, a, do you right. have a favorite child? You know, I mean, come on. Right, but After the best three, part is he's going to do it in Hebrew. <laughs> After three and a half decades, I know the whole routine. But here's my favorite page, and I think it has to do with the joy that he was able to incorporate into this page. And when there's joy in the Jewish people, I'm very, very happy. We are all obligated on the night of the Seder. And in every generation in general, we are all obligated to um, to see ourselves as if we left Egypt, right? We're supposed to actually feel it as we as we left Egypt. And of course, the night of the Seder is the, the the most obvious night that that would be, you know, the feeling among the Jewish people. And look what he did! Look what he did for the illustration. Does that illustration speak to you about the concept of joy, gladness, happiness, uh, um, uh, thankfulness to the One above that we have our liberation? That we have our freedom, I think it does. And for those of you looking for it, it's page eighty-seven of the uh, Passover Haggadah graphic novel. 
Well, you have to describe what we're looking at. We're looking at a scene of Exodus. Again, I know you don't, you, you'd say liberation, but we're, we're looking at this scene, uh, which, of course, uh, uh, quotes and tells us both in Hebrew and English the actual uh, uh, parts of the Torah that, uh, that, that report on this scene. And we've always envisioned what it would have been like for the Jewish people, and we've discussed this from, you know, from when we were younger all the way until today. What's it like walking through uh, on dry land when there's water on both sides of you, right? Kriyat Yamstov and the eventual liberation. And what would, uh, what would the reaction be among those people? I don't know if we've ever seen a close-up like this, a close-up of the Jewish people with such joy on their faces, with reality hitting them that now they're in a different reality, that now they are in a, a, a world that's completely different. Now they can adjust uh, to a world that's unlike what it was hundreds and hundreds of years before. You get my point, Mr. Gorfinkel? I do. Yeah, you're looking at a big selfie picture right. with a, a conglomeration of Jewish people from 4,000 years of history all walking through the parted sea together. Correct. And one of the most important aspects of doing this book for me was that we should represent every kind of Jew. Uh, I am a uh, very, uh, shall we say, pale-complexioned Ashkenazi Jew, but there are many other stripes and colors that we come in. And in this scene, and indeed in the entire book, you have men and women of different complexions and backgrounds. Right. You have Svardim. And you babies, have children. Edot Mizrach. You have babies. Right. You have children. You have rabbis. Goat, goats, rabbis. Rabbi, Rabbi Sachs made it in. You saw Rabbi Sachs yeah, is in there. One of the fun parts Natan is— Natan Sharansky's in there. I'm trying to see who else I— Yeah, you can go through at. this selfie, and you can find historical yeah. figures as well as some of our supporters. And nice. most of all, just again, have oh, some fun. some of the supporters are in there? Oh, That's yeah. great. That's great. You can have fun finding the roasted eggs— Oh, you have um, Elon Ramon in there. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, how many. Us. How many more are there that I should get? Mm-hmm. I got Sharansky. I got Rabbi Sachs. I got Elon Ramon. How many more? There's like ten, 10 more. Yeah, no, but I wouldn't know the supporters. I wouldn't know. Ah, no, the supporters. How many? How many famous people? As opposed to uh, oh, Ben Gurion. Yeah. Ben Gurion is here. Um, I didn't even realize that Ben Gurion left Egypt. But then again, every generation left Egypt, right? That's the whole point. Right, but he stayed in the desert. This guy looks like Christopher Reeve a bit, but I don't think that's him. That's our no, another Superman reference. Yes, well, he'll appreciate that. Those are our supporters. Oh, that's one of the supporters, that's Jennifer great. and Grant Dinner, who are our lead <laughs> so, funders. So tell Grant that I thought he was Christopher Reeve. I'm, I'm gonna do Tall. better. I'm gonna play this interview for him. <laughs> what do you got, Errors? What did I miss? Anything else? Or point to the one that I missed, and I'll see if I can figure out who it is. Who's that? Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Steven Spielberg's in there. Yes. With the red cap. Oh, Nachum. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It is. You're in here too. Are you being serious? Yeah, I'm being totally serious. Now i got to find myself. <laughs> this is going to take a while, folks. Uh, I'm so glad I pointed out this page. Of all the pages, I pointed this one out. It's actually a selfie picture of a lot of people leaving Egypt. And, of course, because of the tradition that we always say that, um, that we need to see ourselves in every generation as if we have just left Egypt. Uh, there are people. Oh, Moshe Dayan is in here. Yes. There are people of uh, Theodore Herzl is in here, standing right next to Rabbi Sachs. How do you like that? The Baba Sali is in here. Yes. Um, and there's Nachum Siegel with his microphone headset. There he is. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. My beard has never been bigger or grayer. So thank you, Erez. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so there you have it. We'll see if my kids can pick me, pick me out or not at the Seder. Now I know that this will be at my Seder. I can tell you that much. I'm not giving up the opportunity for all that entertainment in, uh, in picking out different figures. Are there other, is there other fun stuff? I mean, I just stumbled upon this one. Is there other fun That's stuff? That's the beginning. That's seriously Ares, do you want to talk about the goat family? 
the goat family is the you can look at the beginning of the of the book yeah. this is the I really like this character this is the one that introduced you to the idea of the book right the idea of the book so the the hardest part of putting together a Passover Haggadah graphic novel again was enforcing a narrative on a structure that will jump around as the Haktamaz the introduction says between different eras and periods and mindsets. So one minute you'll be in the Roman era, and the next minute you'll be back in the time of the Avot, the forefathers and foremothers 2,000 years earlier, and then you're back to the future, which is a nod to uh, my, my friend Bob Gale who wrote Back to the Future, wow. and he's so actual, on and so forth. He's the actual screenwriter? Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And um, and, and the idea oh, here was... Oh, things I need to ask him, Gorf. You'll have to take some messages for me if you don't mind. <laughs> It, it, it's been a while since I've seen him, but he is near and dear to me. Well, as somebody who's watched the movie a hundred times, I have a right to ask him some questions. Yeah, though. what you really need to do is you need to get Mike Boxer from 613 on here because he can do the whole movie with all the voices by heart. It's the funniest he thing you've ever heard. He knows the entire dialogue. Yeah, yeah, you really have to. Next time he's here, I'm going to ask him. Yeah. No joke. Uh, so it, this is taking another strange turn. Yeah. So My fault, not the, yours. The idea is that we needed some way of tying all of these disparate ideas together. So we conceived of having a narrative character, and right. one of uh, there were people often ask me, "What was the inciting incident? What was the motivating moment that brought this book into creation?" And I, I don't really have that lightning strike moment. It wasn't like suddenly, oh, a voice from heaven came and said, you shall do the Passover Haggadah graphic novel. Plus, you're up against the whole thing that there are a million Haggadahs out there. Like, I, you know. That never bothered me for a second because I, I never I never thought in that way. You I, know you could do something unique. I, well, I thought this is going to be my way of giving back to – give. you touched on the word joy before. Right. My way of expressing joy to, for and to the Jewish people. Cool. And uh, a couple people were instrumental, if I may – bridge my musical background here, instrumental in helping to lead me to the idea. One was a former editor at DC Comics who said, Gorf, why don't you do a Haggadah for me? You see, I'm somebody who comes from a Chiloni, a secular background, and I don't really have a grasp on Hebrew. And likewise, uh, I have a friend uh, who's uh, big in the Jewish a cappella world who said, I feel intimidated, in fact, as a father leading the Seder because I don't really know what to do. Wow. And I've never had anybody really teach me how. So can there be a guide that can walk us through and show us what to do at every stage? And at the same time, I'm thinking this guide can also be somebody who will give the book a beginning, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to ruin it, no spoiler alerts here, but give it a very poignant, meaningful ending. So this truly is like a great Marvel or DC movie where you have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you can read it like a story or you can use it like a Haggadah. Um, I got to point out, I, we're, we're so up against the clock, but there are a couple of things I must point out. First of all, your illustration of the Kara, the Seder plate, is amazing. It is so fun. It is such a. I mean, you could spend twenty minutes at the Seder just sharing this with your kids and having fun about, in terms of how this was put together. So that's amazing. I love, I love, I love the girl on the roasted egg. You know, because every egg at the Seder's, you know, ends up being cracked. So it's pretty funny that that's how now it we know how it happens. <laughs> and then brilliance is this: you or him that comes up with the concept of bricklaying to describe the buildup of the Haggadah through all the different symbols. 
Was that Erez? It's a collaborative effort. I think, Erez, you had done the initial layout, and then we had our brilliant production designer, Sipora Ginsberg, along with Tani Bayer at Koren. We met them, right? Who put the whole thing together. Because this is it. To us, this is the whole story, is the building that Jews were forced to do in Egypt, the bricklaying, the, you know... I mean, everything... Once again, that's how the fusion right. of words and pictures can give added layers and meanings and context that just the simple juxtaposition of words and pictures throughout history, throughout, as you would say, the millions of previous Haggadot have not been able to do. That and, is what is novel, shall we say, graphic. And on the Vahisha Amda page, which discusses how in every generation, you know, somebody or some group always wants to destroy us. Uh, you revert, I assume this was your influence, to, to part of your expertise, which is modern Jewish history and the challenges and terrible tragedies that we've had in modern Jewish history, and you've incorporated those into, again, what would be, I don't know, a list, a collection, unfortunately, of different episodes that have happened over the last thousands of years. Where possible, we have tried to broaden the story, again, remaining respectful to the original right. text and intention. We've tried to broaden the story to be able to include lots of periods of history, lots of different Jewish people, lots of different backgrounds. Even in the same picture. Even where, in the same picture. Where you have picture. tormentors of Jews who represent, again, thousands of different... Right, and, and another interesting thing here is uh, we do feature the Shoah, the Holocaust, right. because it is a very important and serious part of our history, but it's not the only part of our history, uh, unfortunately, in this case. Right. We also had totalitarian regimes in the uh, 20th century, yeah. and there is a storyline that's threaded through here that we keep picking up a certain character, a uh, Russian refusenik, and we see him in different stages of his life experiencing, uh, uh, what is it, to Khairut, Abdul Khairut. So his own modern slavery to freedom. And that theme repeats itself in all kinds of different milieus. Amazing. Dayenu includes every reference to the real Dayenu. Right. Me, but keep, go to Ahat Kama Vakama. So one of the things that yeah. was important to me is we have what I like to call the boring parts of the uh, of the yeah. Seder. I, including all the final songs you have beautiful stuff about, which There's some people just so roll much, right, right And we it. just roll right through it. it and, and when I was first approaching different publishers to try to investigate how should we put this out, many of them would say, well, abridge it. You know, make it shorter. But I'm thinking, no, no that's not the raison d'etre of this. No. The idea is we have an unbroken chain of 2,000 years with this amazing book. We want to bring out what's fantastic about it. We don't want to make it any any trimmer. So here on this one page, and I don't remember, Eras, whose conception this was, but we took a, uh, a cue from <clears throat> the Norman Rockwell. Oh. The rumor. Boy. Talk about a giant, huh? And... In, on one page that is usually completely overlooked as an afterthought, as a reiteration right. of Dianu. Yeah, once you've done the whole Dianu. Right, I mean. then why is this here? Why are we saying the exact same words one more time? So what we've done is we have encapsulated 2,000 years of diaspora history on one page, and yep. we've given renewed relevance. And if there's anything that is my hope and, uh, and dream for this book, it is that it is going to re-inspire generations of Jews to get together at their Pesach Seder and, more importantly, maintain their Jewish identity and their Jewish continuity and their Jewish passion forever and ever and write a new chapter, a new graphic novel for the Jewish people. Amazing. And before we leave, I just want to touch on one very important thing here, which is we hope that this will be 
the proof of concept for a line of Jewish graphic novels. We want to go on to do more great Jewish works and works also of Jewish history and philosophy. And I've been doing a Jewish cartoon for the last 20 years, a collection of those cartoons. And we are hoping that anybody out there listening who is interested in becoming one of our supporters, one of our funders, and one of our moral supporters as well will reach out to us. You can contact me at gorf at jewishcartoon.com, singular. Gorf, by the way, is frog backwards. It's the second plague. You won't forget (laughs) me now. And we hope to hear from you at jewishcartoon.com because you can see how this impacts families of all ages, kids, and the kid inside of all of us, and we want to continue doing more projects like this. Did the Hebrew come out at the same time as the English? Uh, Yes. Same thing. So so it's all out there. Yeah, we have an Ivrit-only edition. If one wants the Ivrit-only, they can get that today the same way they can get the English one. I don't think it's arrived yet in the the States or in Anglo countries. No, but but meaning in in Israel it's available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my point. So you have both the Hebrew and English Yes. Pesach, I got the graphic novel. Uh, Jordan B. Gorfinkel, Eris Tzadok, we cannot recommend this highly enough. Sorry about that. Little sneeze. My amazing uh, project managers, uh, Karen Meltz, who works with Steinsaltz and with Koren in Israel, was uh, an absolute uh, indispensable part of this project. And Allison Gronowitz, uh, my project manager, my recently departed project manager, who put together this Passover Haggadah graphic novel book tour. And we invite, I still have many more uh, appearances, Lincoln Square this evening. For nice. those of you who are in New York at 7.30 p.m., a lovely roundtable. Can they buy it there? Yeah, we'll have it available. Nice. Uh, we'll be at uh, Tick Temple Israel Center in Westchester. Nice. Uh, we have a UJA event in Roslyn, New York on Wednesday night. Sharon, Massachusetts and Boston over this weekend. San Diego and Los Angeles next weekend. We'll be making a stop in Cleveland, in Nashville, and it finally ends in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, we love Atlanta. We were down there recently. Very nice. All right. Uh, Gorf and uh, Eris Tadoki get to see them all around the country over the next week or so. Whether you see them or not, get the uh, Pesach Haggadah graphic novel, the Haggadah Shal Pesach. Cannot recommend it highly enough. It's available everywhere in your own bookstores, on the Koran website, and wherever wonderful brand new Jewish books are sold. Go to jewishcartoon.com for information about... Uh, about this and other GORF projects. Thank you, Nachum. Tadaraba. Eris, Tadaraba Lacha. It was my pleasure. Eris, before we leave, can you do me one small favor and just address the audience in Hebrew? Oh. Yeah, invite the audience in Hebrew to buy the Haggadah. Tell them why it would be such a great addition to their collection of Haggadot at their Seder table. Okay, as kulam uzmanim... להפוך את הסדר שלהם, ליל הסדר, למשהו הרבה יותר כיף ומרענן עם האגדה לפסח, האגדה, פסאובר, האגדה גרפיק נובל. זה הספר, זאת אגדה שממש ככה תגרום גם לילדים וגם למבוגרים ליהנות ולא לחכות לאוכל עד כדי כך. I see he knows what goes on in most families. ארז, תודה רבה, חג שמח. גורף, תודה רבה, חג שמח. An amazing work. I'm glad we finally got you in studio here after many years. I don't know why it's so tough to get a hold of me. I'm always available to you, Nachum. Always. <laughs> I appreciate 24/6. that. 24-6. And I could, I'm sure if I, don't, uh, if I have any trouble reaching you, I'm sure I could just 
make a reservation at Comic-Con, eventually we'll bump into each other, right? That's very true. I was just in La Jolla, by yeah. the way, my Comic-Con show. I did a scholar-in-residence there in La Jolla, and uh, it was amazing. That means the place you go to when you go to the convention? Yeah, yeah, so I have to explain, uh, Comic-Con is the biggest pop culture convention on the calendar, at least in North America, where you have thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all gathering in the downtown San Diego area, and they're celebrating their religion, which is nerd culture. <laughs> right. And in fact, in my, I, I've done a scholar in residence every Shabbat for the last 10 weeks or so, and I talk about this. I talk about the, the Jewish history of comics, and I talk about the relationship between uh, comics and, uh, and especially religious texts. And I, I have a whole theory that I won't go into. We don't have time right, right. now. Were you devastated by the passing of Stan Lee? Uh, it was certainly sad. Thank God he lived a very long and full life. You ever meet him? I have met him, and I, I liken him in, in my scholar in residency. I talk about it. I liken him to Rabbi Akiva. Wow! Because both of them hit their stride at forty years old. Not before that. Huh? Not before Interesting. that. Interesting. Yep. Passover. I got the graphic novel. My thanks to Gorf and to Eris Sadok. Buy it, everybody, and enjoy it. Thank you, gentlemen. That was our conversation with Jordan B. Gorfinkel and Eris Sadok last week during JM. In the AM. Next up, Aviva Greenberg was a recent guest on JM in the AM. She's the creator and is now a marketing and distributing the Sfirat HaOmer Reminder Pillowcase. Here's that conversation from a recent JM in the AM now on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. About a foot to my left for the last six weeks or so has been sitting a pillowcase. There has been a pillowcase sitting here next to my desk for the last month and a half. Approximately. Why? Because when we were told that a uh, a lady named Aviva Greenberg has created a Sfirat HaOmer pillowcase, we were so intrigued that, number one, we scheduled an interview with her, and number two, we made sure that we wouldn't lose the pillowcase between then and this morning's appearance. So it's literally been sitting here. For the last many, many weeks. Aviva Greenberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Are you flattered that the pillowcase <laughs> has been here at the ready for over a month? I am so flattered. <laughs> uh, what is your background? Is your background in education, in arts and crafts? Are you a Sfirasa Omer <laughs> expert? What is it? that one needs on their resume to create the Sfirat HaOmer pillowcase? Well, my family became a little obsessed with counting the Omer when my kids were little. You know, it became a nightly routine before Kriyat Shema. And then as they got older, they went their separate ways. They went to school. They went to Israel. And we kept in touch through WhatsApp, reminding each other to count the Omer. We became a little obsessed. During the day, all of a sudden, I would stop and say, oh, my goodness, did I forget the Omer? And... um we needed a way to remind each other. Um, you know, they have that app sure. that everybody Email has on their phone. You. But, you know, that doesn't work on a Friday night. Right. So um, You need we, a Shabbos-proof method. That's, that's true. <laughs> we, we put signs all over the house on kitchen counters, on refrigerators. Um, Friday night, I had a sign on my candlesticks that I moved to the table. It became our Shabbos centerpiece <laughs> when my family, my the men would come home from Shul. You really are obsessed with Sphira We were a little obsessed. We were a little obsessed. And I just said, what can I do to help people remember before they go to sleep at night? And it just hit me one night when I stared at my pillow and I said, that is where it should be, on my pillow. And hence, as I said, I have in my hands, and now I am unfurling 
the Sfirat HaOmer pillowcase, which begins with the words, don't count sheep, count the Omer before you sleep. And uh, every one of these, every one of these weeks has seven boxes in them, obviously each one coinciding with one day of the Omer. And the concept would be, I assume, that somehow, which you'll explain, somehow not only will people remember to count, but I assume somehow they can either mark this up or do something that makes it um, official that they've counted for that night. Yes. Each package comes with a washable marker so that the kids won't decorate their blankets and sheets as well. It'll all come out in the wash. Don't worry. Um, And every night they could check the box and see what they're up to. So you assume that on Erev Pesach, right, or maybe even, I don't know, before the second night of Pesach at some point, people will be... uh, will be changing their linen and gearing up with their Sphiras Omer pillowcase. Yes, and it's even... And it'll stay on the bed for 49 nights. Yeah, and even when they go away, it's easy to pack. Take it off your pillow and pack it in your suitcase so you won't forget when you're away from home. Very nice. I can imagine how many prototypes this went through. A lot. It took a long time and to people, figure it out. And people will look at it and say, oh, it looks so simple, but it, yet I'm oh, sure... A lot of thought went into it. You also commemorate specific days in the Omer, like Pesach, which of course coincides with Sierra's Omer, and Lagba Omer, which is so important, and the holiday of Shavuos, which wraps up the entire counting of the Omer. And uh, what we are suggesting, I'm sure is that if they do keep track with that washable marker, when it does come to Shabbos, they'll take care of that either before or after Shabbos. Of course, right? of course. And that's how it works. How do people get the Sfirat HaOmer pillowcase? Well, I have an Instagram page, Omer Pillowcase. Um, they could uh, email me at omerpillowcase at gmail.com. Um, it's also available in a few stores in the New York area. It's available at Judaica Plus in Cedarhurst. It's available in Judaica House in Teaneck and at both Gourmet Glots in Cedarhurst and in Woodmere. Now, today's a good day to discuss this because we're about two, three weeks before Pesach, and obviously people are considering different things that they want to uh, make sure to have in their home for Pesach. What has the reaction been? Have people been as obsessed and as enthusiastic with the counting of the Omer as you and your family are? Well, um, I've sold over 500 and um, God, ordered great. another four or 500, and I'm going to be at a couple of Pesach boutiques around the area. Um, people who are obsessed are obsessed. They're calling me. And I would guess you'd need it for at least one for each bed in the house. Of course. You, know, you, of can't, course. you can't just rely on it being on one person's bed and then they make sure to uh, remind everyone else. You would need it on every bed in the house. Of course. I even had uh, two or three people order them for Shalach Manos. Ah! <laughs> they gave it out for Shalchmanos. Amazing. I was also thinking that uh, you could, in theory, use it as a pillowcase at the Seder for those who want to stuff a pillow. That is true. Or stuff a pillowcase this way this way at the Seder. Because sometimes, I know that people find this hard to believe, but especially if people come home from shul early on the second night of Pesach, very often, outside of Israel, of course, uh, because there's only one Seder in Israel, but very often they will forget. Uh, through the second Seder to count the Omer. That would be awful oh, to forget the first night. I mean, it would be devastating. It's bad enough to forget on night 35, but on night number one, that's an awful feeling. Awful, awful feeling. <laughs> Have you heard horror stories, by the way, people telling you that before the pillowcase they used to forget on day two or three? Because <laughs> that does happen, you know. And I know. I Not know. easy to remember. Anyway, so that's the story. Um, I look at this. And first of all, I admire what you've done because it's really cool, and obviously there's a great reaction to it. But the the key, and I think the reason that people like myself are so fascinated by it, 
is because it's really a family project. This is a, when you say obsession, it is a, a family effort through the WhatsApp groups, through the reminders on your Shabbos table, through all the sticky notes, yes. uh, through, all the, through all the communication you know, with the family. Um, and I think that that's the, uh, in fact, it's funny. The pillowcase may eliminate some of that. May eliminate some of that craziness that's, you know, you know yep. what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, go to Omer, or actually you could email omerpillowcase at gmail.com. Correct. That would be one way to take care of that. And you mentioned Instagram, Omer Pillowcase. Right. And, that, again, they could order it through that? Sure. And that's yeah, it. They, d- they message me on that, and I'll be in touch. All right. And they're there, gar- There's also actually a phone number. Oh, well, go ahead, please. It's 419-777-OMER. Area code 419-777-OMER. If they call that number, they'll be able to order it straight from sure. there? Sure. They could either leave a message or uh, if they get lucky enough, I'll pick up and they could talk to me in person. Um, guaranteed that it will be in the house by, what do we say, Badikas Chametz? Uh, sometime before the Omer? Sometime before the Omer. Guaranteed yes. <laughs> to be there before the 49-night adventure begins. Did you own oh, you? I didn't even realize it until I just I, until I just realized it now. You 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 have um, you have um, customized this for this year's calendar. Yes, it is this year's calendar. Yes. So, for instance, when you look at the first night of the Omer, it's April twentieth, which yes. would be Saturday night, which yes. is the first night of the Omer. Yes. So that that gives another added method for people to keep track of things. It it will be. Easy for them. Very easy. Because until I just analyzed it a moment ago, I just thought it was 1 through 49. Oh, no, no, no. But it's not that at all. Catch me next year for next year's. I see. And I I, I guess it'll be even better and more improved, right? Yes, yes. Who knows what ideas you'll have. I'm open to suggestions. Who knows what ideas you'll have. All right, that's the story, folks. Don't count sheep. Count the Omer before you sleep. It is a Sphere to Omer pillowcase. It's 2019. It is hard to believe, now that you think back, that no one's created this till now. But Aviva, Aviva Greenberg has... Created it. It is reasonably priced, right? Baruch Hashem, it's reasonably priced. Ten dollars. That's a good. That's pretty good. Competes with all the other fancy pillowcases <laughs> out there, right? And you can go to Omer Pillowcase on Instagram. You could email omerpillowcase at gmail dot com. You can call the number at four one nine seven 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 Omer four one nine seven 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 Omer. Aviva Greenberg, anything else you'd like to tell us? I know that's it. Thank you so much for having me. You want to hear success stories? You want to hear people? After the yes. 7th of June, right? Because Shavuos, I think, is around 7th or 8th of June. So after the 7th of June, you want to hear from people that the Omer pillowcase got their family through the Omer adventure. Yes, yes. All right. Thank you, Aviva. Thank you so much. Check it out, everybody. It's uh, a, it's 419-777-OMER. Aviva does not mind if you buy one pillowcase for every pillow in the house. Again, it's 419-777-OMER. It's Omer Pillowcase on Instagram, and on email, it's omerpillowcase at gmail.com. That was my conversation with Aviva Greenberg with the Sfirata Omer Reminder Pillowcase on a recent edition of JM in the AM. That takes care of this week's edition of JM Rewind. Thanks so much for tuning in. More coming up if you keep it right here on NSN, the Nahum Siegel Network.